Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, True Romance listeners. This is Devin Leary, one half of your True Romance hosting team. Unfortunately, my some would say better, some would say worse half. Carolina Barlow can't be here this week. So we're going to do a little re-release for you. And um, I hope that's okay. I hope you will take into consideration that this is the first time we've done a re-release in upwards of a year. And upwards of a year is a long time. It's longer than most of Taylor Swift's relationships, longer than most of my relationships. So, you know, maybe just give that a little think if you're feeling some resentment brewing at the fact that we don't have a new app this week. Um, We know Bachelor in Paradise is paradising. We know Benefer is benefering. We know... Angelina Jolie and The Weeknd were seen on another date together. We know this stuff. We know the world is full of headline news every single day. And we will be back to discuss those things. And we're looking forward to it. So until then, please enjoy this app. Bye. Devin, how are you this week? Good. I was just thinking <laughs> my parents, I'm quarantining still at my parents' house. And the other night we were on the couch and my parents were like, have you and Matt, meaning my boyfriend, have you and Matt talked about marriage? And I was like, yeah, we've casually talked about it. I mean, like, yeah, maybe, but just in like a fun way, not in like a serious way. Meanwhile, flashback to me in Las Vegas with him being like, I just don't understand because I would marry you here. I would do it. So I just don't understand the difference. Like when you know, you know. (laughs) We've talked about it in a fun way, like in a quirky, I don't know. Like in the same way you talk about like what's for lunch. That's how I've talked about it. That is how you talk about what's for lunch. Yeah. You're like, (laughs) okay, what's for lunch? And do I have to share with anyone? Because I actually can't do that. When you know, you know. And I don't know what's happening for lunch. And that's not okay. I also got in a fight with my boyfriend because he has made the catastrophic deeply harmful decision to lose 15 pounds during quarantine that's incredible i have had the opposite experience and i the other day after lunch meaning midday meal was like oh so i'm gonna have dessert (laughs) meaning dessert one of the day if there's not donuts or muffins in the morning because then it Mm -hmm. would be dessert two of the day so i was like oh do you want dessert and he said no, I'm I'm going to like cut back on the desserts a little bit because sometimes they make me tired during the day. Okay. So I stood up, I started crying, and I left the room and slammed the door. That makes so much sense to people who have struggled with eating disorders. <laughs> but to the rest of the population, not so much. To the average Joe, maybe you would say, can't you be happy for your partner? Or what just happened? I said to him, I'm sorry, I can't just be happy for you. And he said, that's okay. 
So I guess he's okay with it. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't think that most people understand uh, someone's fixation on food. Devin and I, when we go out to dinner, including a dinner once with Will Ferrell, Devin whispered to me, I actually can't share anything that I order. And we are ordering tapas. So I had to make an announcement <laughs> to everyone at the table. Hey, so Devin's going to order um, this pasta dish, but she actually doesn't want to share it. And it was like you were my silent child who just nodded like, yeah, that's correct. I can't do that. And I appreciate that you spoke up for me like that because Absolutely. I was getting a noodle dish and the noodle dish looked really good. And I, I tapas stress me out. Sharing stresses me out. I just constantly feel like, OK, so I actually do want more for the whole time. Like there's not going to be a part of the time where I don't want more. Sure. So I'm just going to keep wanting to take more. And if the other person also might want more, that stresses me out because then I have to keep asking, is it okay if I take another? Is it okay if I take a little more? Anyone else want anything? Anyone else? Yes. Okay. No. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Sure. (laughs) I had an experience with my ex and some of his friends once where we were all having Thai food. And while serving myself thirds, I said, I'm so full, like while putting more food on my plate and everyone Mm -hmm. laughed. And I almost bought a gun. (laughs) Sorry, I'm a narcissist. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm reading Carly Sorrentino's book right now. It's called Slut Ever. It is incredible. I thought it was going to be this kind of sort of kitschy dating book, but it's actually so much about exercising shame from women's sex lives. Anyway, and she has done everything and goes through everything. And so you also get to sort of be a voyeur into other people's lives and you know, as she mentions multiple times, humans are crazy and humans are freaks. And in it, she talks about exploring the BDSM world. And I did not know that there is something in the BDSM world called a pay pig. So basically, some guys get turned on by paying for girls stuff like your rent. Like guys, you don't have to do anything. They just want to pay for your rent. They just want to order your textbooks Or one guy in the book asks girls to go to dinner with their boyfriends and then he shows up, pays the check anonymously, and then goes home to masturbate. But otherwise, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, life is good. Does he have regulations about if you share with your boyfriend when you buy use his money to pay for it? I don't think so, but I, I, I really am new to reading about this stuff and... It's I love the book because she at no point is like, isn't this disgusting or what freaks? She's very much just about sort of cataloging what goes on in people's sex lives. And so I don't know. But it's if anything, it's fascinating. She my favorite part is where she talks about how they sort of get this quote unquote sex slave. She lives in a really gross apartment and they find out that someone like there's a guy who would just get turned on by cleaning their house. So he just comes by and cleans their house and it's like their house is revolting. So it's a bunch of squatters. But then he ends up quitting because they're not paying enough attention to him. Like he's like, you have to focus (laughs) like you have to shame me for how like, yeah, like, oh, we're not paying enough attention to our sex slave. And like he might quit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Listen, but. Yeah, that's besides the point. The headline of my week is that I have decided to have a crush. It's a part of my natural recovery from my breakup is to expand my horizons mm-hmm. and think that there is a future for me out there mm-hmm. with a, with a lover, with a partner. Straight people calling their boyfriends their partners. No, but it's interesting. <laughs> He's this bassist in this band I used to follow in high school and college, and he has the body type I'm usually attracted to, which is you know, like six feet tall and half my body weight. Like I mm-hmm. like, uh, it's not intentional, but I find muscles not appealing to me. And I just like a guy that I could carry and, you know, oh, okay. It's, bones are just what I end up with. It's not intentional. A bag of bones. <laughs> bag and of he bones. has some scrawly tattoos, which makes me even more interested And we we have never exchanged words. I think I met him once when I was 17 and we shook hands or something. And he said hi to me like this. Um, I don't even think eye contact was made. Um, So I think things are looking good. It's been 13 years and uh, (laughs) no contact has been made since. 
But the biggest roadblock to our eventual nuptials is that he is not active on social media. I think that there's hope for you because I think you and I's relationship started with you talking a lot to me and me saying, hey, (laughs) and here we are. I do talk a lot. Many years later. I do speak a lot. In fact, my pet peeve is dating someone who I, this has happened multiple in multiple relationships. I'll date someone who shushes me eventually. I was mm-hmm. like, Shh. That's so fucked up. I hate that. It's the worst, but I'm also really loud. So it's hard. Like, how are they going to get that across? Someone saying like, you're being too loud, like, and like someone sleeping in the other room is fine. Or like, you're being too loud. You're talking shit about Devin and she's right there and she can hear you. That's fine. But if it's just like, in general, then that's gross. I hate that. Usually, I think it's men wanting to like minimize people. Yeah, it's not great. And I have suffered under it. My favorite is my sister because I yell in restaurants. Like I yell talk and my sister will just go, you're yelling, you're yelling, you're shouting. (laughs) (laughs) But back to our topic today, which is love and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Relationships and love on Instagram really stands on the shoulders of love on MySpace and love on Facebook. You know, they walked so Instagram could run. Mm-hmm. Devin and I sort of came of age during the burgeoning of social media. So I heard about Friendster when I was 14. And then I I got a MySpace when I was 15. And I remember once when I was 16, I had alcohol poisoning after a party. And so, like, the paramedics were called. It was a whole deal. And then my mom took me home after this nightmare and I got home and immediately opened up my computer and went on MySpace. And my mom was like, uh, no, you're going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) My cognitive functions were still on enough that I was like, okay, I got to check my MySpace messages. I mostly had Neopets. Oh my God. And accounts on weird like internet Microsoft games where you could like have a horse barn and like you take care of a horse or like a, a Microsoft game where that was like little magical ponies that you had well well into my teens well into my, <laughs> my teens. favorite story about you is that you had a friend over and you explained to her the game was that you guys were going to print out pictures of dogs and then paste them <laughs> to a piece of paper and talk about potential names <laughs> that was stressful because that was actually a friend who came on a family trip with us and i was like okay like she doesn't know that i have to upkeep my microsoft word documents with my animal google images and like names and stuff like that So I kept like trying to push it off and like eventually we were watching an illegally downloaded episode of Degrassi on LimeWire and I was like, so it's raining outside. So like a really good indoor activity that like sometimes I do is (laughs) how do I tell you my fetish? And she was like, oh, I have crushes on boys. And I was like, okay, good for you. So you're welcome for the vacation invite. You're welcome for the sunscreen. Give it back. <laughs> Peel it off your body and give it back and put it back in the tube right now. Scrape it off your legs and put it back. You were a part tube. of the BDSM world that prints out pictures of dogs and names them. <laughs> yeah. So what I keep thinking about when I, we started talking about this subject was, do you remember Facebook's wall to wall? So you could look, I think MySpace had it too, where you could look at someone's relationship and see all of their messages they had publicly exchanged with each other. Yes, with utmost clarity, I remember that. And you could, so that you could stalk people's relationships from literally the first day they started talking. It's like if you got your great grandparents' love letters, like it's, it's so fulfilling And I remember I was just a young 15-year-old virgin who had made out with literally three people and none of them had liked me. And I would just stalk couples on Facebook to just literally live vicariously through them. I remember being terrified that a MySpace or Facebook tracker would be invented where people could see who stalked their accounts because I was diving deep into these couples' histories. I knew anniversary dates. I knew pet names. I was in these relationships and I was rooting for them. And I remember I was especially obsessed with one couple, Hannah Ginsberg and Jake Dyson. And they were sort of this punk or trying to be punk couple that they're both musicians. She's really successful now, actually, and opened for Carrie Underwood recently. But they were sort of punk rock at the time. Like, she wore really thick eyeliner. And I would stalk all their comments they left on each other because they would be so dramatic. Like, I love you so much. You are my favorite person. Like, I love to smell like Jake at the end of the day, just like hanging out one of Jake's t-shirts. And I was like, oh, to be so lucky. 
but they were both each other's <laughs> number twos on their top eight on MySpace. And it's a cl- it was a classy move to put your best friend as number one and your boyfriend second. That meant like that you were a feminist. But then one day yeah. they both moved their best friends to number two and they both moved each other to their number one. And I like sat back in my chair and I was like, oh, my God, they fucked. <laughs> they had sex. They did it. And I sent them flowers. They did it. That's nice of you. Yeah. From their number one fan. <laughs> I don't remember a lot about MySpace because, I mean, I, I did have it, but I was more involved in, like, the layout. Like, I loved putting a really cool layout with, like, a glitter, like, cursor and, like, a glitter name and, like, background, whatever. I remember the first thirst trap I ever saw was a hot girl from camp's MySpace when I was 13 and she was 13. It was the kind of content only a hot girl from camp is capable of. And her MySpace had this photo of her on it where she was like posing on a bed in short shorts and a vest as a shirt. Iconic early 2000s hot move. And she had like her belly button pierced, clearly forged her parents' signature to get it. And she just looked incredible. And I was sitting there with my braces and my word documents with dog names and i just remember thinking there goes my hero watch as she goes that's when you knew oh i know what i want to be when i grow up that's exactly the moment i knew yeah it was definitely a place where you ogled and it's it's interesting it's this idea that women only ogle guys and it's like oh no i look to other women all the time i'm fascinated by other women just it reminds me of the grace jones quote where this guy this awful guy in an interview was like are you attracted to women and she was like what do you mean he's like well do you find women attractive she's like uh yeah if i didn't find women attractive i don't think i'd find myself attractive right it's like oh yeah no i love looking at women but yeah i'm a lot like grace jones too (laughs) what i it's so funny because grace jones and i had the exact same thought at the exact same time and That's sort of why we're both cultural icons. (laughs) Another thing I was fascinated by was statuses. And Facebook, you could famously update people with your status. And there were really dumb ones like, Carolina's feeling hungry, heading to 7-Eleven, catch me there. Or, you know, thirsty ones. Like, anything going on tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Please? Summer vacay. Anyone have any plans at all? Uh, or people who drop their numbers being like, text me if anything's up tonight. I was like, okay, I am desperate, but I know not to be open about it. Yeah. Uh, but you could also say passive aggressive things. Like once my high school ex got too fucked up to drive me home. So I had to walk home from his place. And the next day I decided to change my status to Carolina is just over it. And like two <laughs> minutes later, he called me being like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It worked. Or, you know, you could set your relationship status to in a relationship, which was such a successful moment. Or you, me and my college boyfriend, he like was like married to Carolina Barlow, which I thought was adorable. But when we got into a fight, I would just like change it to single in a second, just slam that button. Yeah. I was excited when the trend happened of like girls being like married to their best friend on Facebook. <laughs> Because I didn't have a boyfriend for all of the heyday of MySpace sure. and all of the heyday of Facebook. So I was like, oh, this is like funny and cute. And then people like won't know. Maybe I do have a boyfriend. Right. But then you got into your first relationship in the Instagram age. Yeah, I basically got into a relationship solely so I could make like my first relationship post ever when I was in my 20s. Yeah. And I remember like... <laughs> In the beginning of the relationship, we had only been dating for like a few weeks or like a month. And I was like trying so hard to like get the Instagram photo. Like I was like, oh, like, okay, we haven't made it official yet. But like, look at this tree. This tree is so unique. It's so funny. Like, shouldn't we take a picture with this tree? Like the two of us? Yeah, jump in, jump in. Because like, this is such a funny tree. And I just remember being like, this is going to prove to them all this is going to be it. No, isn't that incredible? <laughs> you're You're basically saying, okay, I... By having a boyfriend and posting about it publicly, I prove to the world that I am desirable and therefore legitimate. Yeah, I think also, in my opinion, when people post like that, like in that relationship, I posted like all the time and it was not a bad relationship. It was a good relationship, but I was definitely like more focused on 
the appearance of it than like the actual contact. Yeah. Yeah. Like whether it was like working or not. And I notice that now in other people and tend to think it's kind of a red flag if people are like posting all the time. Like, here we are doing this. Here we are doing that. (sighs) This guy, he's so funny. Look at him just walking around. What's he doing? Oh, my God. He's screaming at me. But that's just funny because that's just how we talk. Like, he screams at me and I laugh. It's like so cute. Anyway, oh, this guy's driving me crazy today. But like, oh, love him. Anyway, and I'm like, oh, God. We've both talked about how when couples post things that are meant to show how happy they are, but it has the opposite effect. Yeah. Yikes. Like, this guy challenges me every day. Yes, we've had our tough times. Okay. We've had our dark moments. It's not always perfect. (laughs) Believe me, it is not perfect. But at the end of the day, we're partners in crime or I've literally seen couples or a girlfriend post 100 couples counseling sessions later or on a wedding anniversary post, like it certainly got itchy there for a second. I'm like, oh, I would be very frustrated seeing that. But I yeah. guess it's comforting that people to other couples that they're not alone or they're it's not perfect. But it seems like the couple at a dinner party who's like, oh, we fight all the time about that. Through all those challenges, we grew stronger. Yes, we were tested. It reminds me of this girl that I went to high school with who was in, it was my first experience like witnessing a toxic relationship. They were the couple in my high school that like fought in the cafeteria and broke up in front of everyone and like she would run away crying and everyone would see it but then they would get back together at like the dance and everyone would be like, oh my God, they're back together. Like everyone has that couple in their high school, I feel, but they were ours and she and he would like cheat on her and whatever so she one time we were hanging out and she played the song don't matter i think it's called by akon yeah. convict where the lyric <laughs> yeah by convict akon where the lyrics are nobody want to see us together but it don't matter yeah because i got you nobody thought we'd last and forever yeah like And I just remember thinking like she was like, this is our song. Isn't this cute? Like, this is our song. And like, it means so much to us. And I was like, I don't know. I just like hope that if I ever have a song with someone, it's not like everybody hates us together, but we just ignore it. (laughs) I hope it's like I love you and you love me or something. Yeah, it's it's honestly really interesting to me. And it's something that I didn't realize until my last relationship. But I, I didn't know that relationships could be like comfortable like, oh, it's actually yeah. weird if we fight literally all the time. And and I think movies yeah. and songs and, and Akon have influenced us to think that relationships have to be up and downs all the time. But in my last relationship, which was a really happy one, I really didn't feel stressed most of the time about it. Like I was like, OK, uh, I'm stressed out about it. I have to finish this project for work. I hope it works out. And then I would go home and have dinner with him and and it was actually really nice and (laughs) there was no like are we together are we breaking up i remember in past relationships always changing my status on facebook to like in a relationship to single to deleting the status altogether and just it doesn't have to be like that you know that or i guess what i mean is that doesn't it doesn't mean that you're more in love or that there's more passion when you go back and forth between being obsessed with someone and then hating them Yeah, well, it's just that thing of like, if Grey's Anatomy was about Meredith Grey hooking up with this surgeon at the same hospital where she works, and then he was like, I like you. And she was like, I like you too. And then they dated. (laughs) And they both just did their jobs. (laughs) Okay. I certainly wouldn't be watching. If I was a patient at Seattle Grey's, I would be terrified. I would be like, okay, I think my doctor's distracted. Like, there's a scene where Derek... McDreamy? There's a scene where McDreamy walks up to Richard, who's the head of the hospital, and he's like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And Richard's like, yeah. And he's like, when did you know it wasn't going to work with Meredith's mom? I was like, is that yeah. why you're taking the head of the hospital to the side? <laughs> like, it's not to approve a surgery or be like, we need to get someone on the transplant list. It's like, um, can I ask you about your romantic history? In the middle of a hospital. Yeah. I know. Sometimes they would try to make it about the thing. Like Bailey would say, like, if you're going to have this messy like situation, like don't bring it into the hospital. And it's like, okay, we know he's going to bring it into the hospital. You don't have to do this charade where you pretend like you care. Or it um, would be Meredith Grey 
his monologue at the beginning of the episode being like, the human heart has 362 vessels. And it's just like Christina Yang and Burke fucking. (laughs) That was the best Grey's impression that I've ever heard in my life. You just did an impression of the whole show. And I just commend you for that because it wasn't a character. It was the whole theme of the show you just did an impression of. Before we cut to commercial, let's go through some headlines. The world news. Obviously, a lot's going on. Uh, Brooklyn Beckham is engaged. And when I heard this, my initial thought was, he's is he 15? Like, he's just someone (laughs) who obviously we don't hear enough about. But it's like, okay, people know you can date for over two years, right? Like, you're, what, 25? (laughs) What is the rush? And I think it's because these people are rich, beautiful, and they don't have that much to do. (laughs) They don't have a lot of self-searching to do. And they're spending time in beautiful hotels around the world. And they think, like, this is life. Like, this is love. It's so interesting, like, this new wave of all the young influencers, models, celebrities move so quickly into, like, settling down. I guess because maybe they feel like they missed out on so many normal things of life that they this is, like, them trying to be normal. I don't know. But it's just, like... I, I love and I stand Sophie Turner and, oh, and Joe Jonas, best. but she's like 24 or something. You know what, she's like, I've heard they're really in love. No, I definitely think they are, but I just think it's interesting that like when I was in high school, that would have been considered like a teen mom or something. Yeah, no. <laughs> but now I like, mean, when I was 24, I literally couldn't be trusted with a car, uh, nevertheless a baby. Yeah. But I do also think maybe some of it has to do with the fact that she is like an adult. I mean, she's been working since she was 14. Like she's right. basically, it probably seems natural to her to take an, a marriage on. And it does seem like they're really in love. But it's, it is so funny. I mean, on the flip side, it's so easy to, for us to judge and say, what is the rush? Right. But then again, if I had been proposed to at 22, I would have said... Yes, 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 yes. A thousand times yes. yes. But I'm sorry. Like, there is something ostentatious to me about, like, the proposal on Instagram. And, I mean, it goes back to our topic. But it's like, okay, there's something about the display of it that feels like it takes away from the authenticity. And, you know, props to Joe and Sophie. They really kept it under wraps. And and, and we wish them all the best. They're not like that. Our next headline is something that's actually personal and somewhat emotional. And I do not say that sarcastically. The free Britney movement that's happening online. And for those of you who are living under a rock, Britney has been under a... Help me with this word, Devin. Conservatorship. A conservativeship from her father ever since she quote unquote lost her mind. And when I say lost her mind, I mean the public and the media pushed her to the edge. I don't think it was anything to do with the fact that she's unbalanced. I think there's people like Charlie Sheen who are severely unwell before they made it into the public eye. I think Britney Jean Spears seemed like she was a very sweet person, but the media was like a hawk on her. She had no privacy. And so she, you know, her her dad and lawyers took control of all of her assets Gave her an allowance. She's not allowed to do things like talk on her cell phone. She's not allowed to go on car trips, run errands without talking to someone about it first. And they have committed her unwillingly. And we just don't know whether any of that's deserved, especially because she's been working nonstop. She's had like Las Vegas residencies. She's obviously a capable person. So it's all about Free Britney, what are the real motives behind it? Her mom uh, has liked statuses about the Free Britney movement and said that Britney is under the control of her father. And I just want more for her. I really want happiness for her because I do believe that we broke her as a society. And the one thing that actually really gets me is that we were obsessed with her virginity. Like the 90s, the like journalists in the 90s with young female pop stars were always talking about whether they were virgins or not. Yeah, there would be like, I, I don't know if I've exchanged texts with you about this, like screenshots, but there's like all these People Magazine or like J14 or Us Weekly, uh, like s- columns they used to do with starlets talking about their virginity. Like Hillary Duff says she's still a virgin despite relationship with 
Jill Madden. Yeah, no, it's so weird. It was really disturbing. There's obviously an underlying sense of shame. Like, I hope she's still a virgin. And if she's good, she's still a virgin. I mean, like, checking on her. Yeah, it's so bizarre. And then Justin Timberlake in an interview with Barbara Walters basically outed, it might have been Diana Sawyer, basically said, no, like, we had sex. And it's just, first of all, should not be a big deal whatsoever. Like, she can do whatever she wants. But it's also like, okay, so your ex is sort of out of vengeance talking about your sex life. And I remember then in a W Mag interview, they asked her about it, of course. And she was like, yeah, I thought he was the one. And obviously he wasn't. And it was just so sad. It was like, oh, yeah, you weren't protected at all. And this guy just wanted to flex on you, basically. But, um, yeah, I, I hope for freedom for Brittany. I really do. Our next headline is not as serious, but it does still affect me emotionally. And that's that Machine Gun Kelly recently came out saying Megan Fox has the most beautiful feet in the world. Listen. Like I said before, I don't believe in shaming anyone on their fetishes or kinks, and I'm happy if they're happy and not hurting anyone. But I am sad when I hear about foot fetishes, namely because it's an area where I'm not blessed. I am flat-footed, callous lady. There are a few summers where I just didn't wear shoes, and I paid for that. And heels aren't an option for me because I'm a gentle giant, and it only makes me gentler and more of a giant. And I... (laughs) I'm like, oh, there's another body part I have to care about. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's another yeah. thing that guys are looking at. Are you kidding me? I've given up from the knees down. Like, I, that's just, that's just fine. I asked my boyfriend once, I was like, do you want me to shave my legs? And he was like, I've, are you really asking? I mean, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Never did it. <laughs> Literally haven't shaved my legs since 2018. That is a stunning fact about you that you don't shave your legs. But I've always thought that you were very brave for that. Thank you. I am also foot challenged. But I have to say that I love this couple. I'm rooting for this couple. I am too. I love the way they look together. I love Megan Fox. They've both been through a lot. I think he like seems like he would worship her. And I think that's what she deserves. Yeah. And they both have like this like hot darkness to them. They both have kids from past relationships. I'm just rooting for them and I hope they're happy. On that note, we'll be right back. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... 
we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Welcome back to True Romance. Thank you so much for listening. And right now we're going to do one of our segments, which is our dramatic Instagram rating. Devin, can you take it away? Yes, this is a dramatic Instagram reading of a post by a former Bravo celebrity. If you're unfamiliar with the phrase, Bravo celebrity is someone who's been on a Bravo reality show. This is a post by a woman who was on the show Summer House about her wedding. Finally announcing Mr. and Mrs. Ray. Love conquers all. Caps lock. Heart eyes emoji. When we decided to get married this summer before David's NFL season begins, instead of waiting another whole year, the world was a very different place. Planning a wedding in four months during normal times was going to be stressful. And we were prepared for that. And then a global <laughs> pandemic struck. In deciding whether to keep our plans intact, we knew we had to focus on one thing and one thing only, and that was the outcome to be married no matter what. Our day did look a lot different than we imagined, but one thing is certain, love conquers all, and we achieved that great outcome we both focused on from the very beginning. Thank you to everyone who made this day happen for the two of us, our incredible families, friends, colleagues, St. Monica Catholic Church. (laughs) I don't know who these people are wedding planner whatever and lastly all of you following and supporting my journey to love it was well worth the wait hashtag work is to ray <laughs> i really think that you've delivered that exactly as she intended you to love conquers all it's a threat <laughs> she's threatening us First of all, I have to say, like, this is her People magazine wedding pictures that she's posting. And she's like, okay, even though it looks different than we thought, it looks exactly the same as every other basic wedding I've ever seen. Like, it's chairs close together. Nothing's distance. (laughs) They have, like, a picture of, like, masks that say, like, Mr. and Mrs. whatever. No. But, like, it looks like a normal huge ass wedding. Yeah. Like, it's not different. And she's like, you know what? Love actually conquers all. Because even though my husband's in the NFL... And there's a pandemic. We still have enough money to get married and pretend like there's nothing else happening in the world because we're white. So love conquers all. Well, I hope grandma's OK. And <laughs> everyone, exactly. I really do. On the topic of love and Instagram, it felt important to address the scholarly topic of thirst traps. And Devin, without singling you out, I believe you know about this better than anyone. I am a thirst trap pioneer maybe no i'm not a pioneer i didn't start it i i'm not a pioneer i I can't take credit for the movement of thirst traps but i i can take credit for participating heavily in it in the time that i was single and helping other people get involved helping other people do their own thirst traps explaining how facetune works is a big part yeah so basically what a thirst trap is a picture you post on instagram to trap someone's thirst for you, meaning like to trap someone into being attracted to you and then DMing you. That's like the whole point because Instagram is a dating app now as as anyone who's single in this time is aware. Oh, yeah. I've seen so, relationships flourish from Instagram. I have seen a DM through to not a relationship, but like a few good times and that was because I was post. I just like at the time I was just posting thirst traps, just putting them out. No specific person, just like putting it out there. Whoever, whoever like may come along, whoever may get trapped in the hurricane of my life at the time. So this one guy started like responding to DMing me, and the first one was to a thirst trap. So I was like, that's interesting, but it was like a comment about something random, and I was like, oh, interesting. And then I posted a picture of my dog, and he was like, oh, is that your dog? 
And I, he was so good looking that I sincerely thought like, oh, he's just being nice. Like, that's so nice of him to ask. I, I, this is my dog. Yeah. And like, well, he's a cattle dog mix and he's a rescue and it's complicated. <laughs> but I was like, what a nice guy. Like, he's just checking in. And then one of my friends was like, I think he's like hitting on you. And I was like, no, he loves interesting. dogs. <laughs> interesting i would not have thought the funny thing is that i dm so many people about their dogs and i have never worried if they thought i was hitting on them but i'm sure some people have i have dm'd justin thoreau many oh, times about his I dog i can't i love <laughs> i can't the porn that is justin thoreau's rescue dog journeys on instagram it absolutely is yeah but yeah i've had them work before like i've posted a trap and the person it really works if you're like already hooking up with a person and you want them to like it's like a Friday and you want them to text you because you want to like see them that night, but you don't want to seem desperate at all. Love conquers all. <laughs> so you post like something. That's where I've had it work before where the person is, like maybe wasn't going to text me that weekend, but is like, oh, hey, what are you? Wait, up I to? forgot that I she's posted. hot. <laughs> I literally hadn't thought twice about her, but because I opened my phone and she was there, maybe she has boobies. <laughs> So, but when the DMs don't come in, when the DMs don't come in. So the first Halloween that I was single, I hadn't been single for a Halloween in like several years since college. So I was like so excited. I like spent hundreds of dollars on this costume and all of it was for the thirst trap. Like all of it was for the picture. I made plans to go to a party, but I was like, this party means nothing. It's just for the picture and this costume. So I like, I, I hate to humble brag and I would never purposely do that. But this was the best thirst trap photo I've ever taken. It was actually a series of photos. Wait, what it was like were you album. for Halloween? Poison Ivy, oh, obviously. Okay. I was like, I'm not going to try to make it funny or like cute. I'm just going to be like, I have red hair and I want to look like a slut. I was so grateful that night for my female friends because everyone was hyping me up. Like I lived with my friends, Tessa and Nora at the time. They were like hyping me up, like helping me light the pictures, helping me take the pictures I had my three friends from college. They were all like hyping me for the pics. Once we got outside, I was like, actually, I want another pic on the street because there's like interesting street lighting happening. And we did that. Everyone was there for it. So I'm like, okay, like this means the world to me. So then I had to fly to Miami for work like two days later. Then I am like on this amazing high where I'm like, just wait till they see this, you know, and the really good looking guy that I mentioned before, we had hung out a few times. So I was like specifically hoping he would see it. Day one goes by. Nothing. Day two goes by. Crickets. Day three goes by. Does my phone work? Not even crickets, just like the the sound of silence as described by Simon and Garfunkel. (laughs) Just like I was like devastated. So I'm like at work and then I like go home to my like Miami hotel room where like they have I'm blue da ba dee da ba die blasting from the pool for some reason because there's like a party going on and I'm crying in my room. Room is dark listening to Fiona Apple just thinking like nobody's thirsty. I know people think they know pain, but I don't think they understand (laughs) until today. (laughs) I don't think they understand. Anyway, that long-winded story is to say that there is a dark side to thirst traps. It reminds me of the fact that on Instagram, I care about like four people liking my post. The the likes come in and you're like, okay, former coworker. Okay, my mom. Okay, my sister. Okay, like I actually just want four people's approval. And if they don't come in, then the post wasn't worth it. It None of it was worth it. And if this makes me sound like a 13-year-old, yeah, that's emotionally where I'm at. Yeah, same. That's where we're, where we're all at on Instagram. I think it's interesting on the topic of thirst traps. It's also a really good way to tell if someone is single or if a relationship has yes, ended. Yes, yes, yes. Because the second a woman posts a thirst trap, meaning a photo of just herself looking sexy, she is single. A thousand percent. Like, it's just like constitutionally illegal to post that if you're in a happy relationship. Like it just doesn't. It doesn't exist as a thing. And I think about it because now, like when I post a picture, I don't look at who liked it. I don't look at who looks at my story of whatever I posted. I don't see I'm not like checking like, oh, so and so viewed it. He's still thinking he's still orbiting. He's still thinking about it. I'm just like, oh, this is fun. This is what I did today. When I'm single, I'm like, this is all I have. (laughs) I need this one. I really need need a win right now. (laughs) Well, I, that's it brings me to another point, which is that 
Instagram is now a tool we use to reach people. So basically, I did this recently where I posted a passive-aggressive story at someone. Mm, Like, I was like, my mom's car doesn't work. Guess who I lended it to? I mean, I didn't say that, but that was the message. We all got that message. (laughs) And I... It's never satisfying. It's never fulfilling. You never feel like, oh, that showed them because you do feel emotionally like uh, an eighth grader. But <laughs> I, it's why whenever I break up with someone or I'm broken up with, I have to block that person. I have to stop, mute their friends. I have to just put them out of my orbit because I will think about them with every post I do. Like, I'm like, okay, I need to show them that I'm on vacation. I need to show that I'm relaxing. I need to show that I'm I'm uh, still hot or something like that. And it's just exhausting. You're like, I just can't think about how you're perceiving me or else I'll be miserable. I like to strategize with that stuff. Like, I keep a few fringe people from the ex's life on the follow. Like, I keep following them just in case. Like, I'm like, okay, so if there's a wedding someday, I'm going to want to see the stories. If there's important life events, this fringe person might be there. They might post about it. So I don't have to follow the person or like their inner circle, but I do want to keep some people just in case, you know? Well, especially since that's how we found out your ex-boyfriend is going to be on The Bachelorette. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm ready to talk about (laughs) this this episode. Sorry. Sorry. You're right. But I know that that's what I was leading up to. So it's not your fault. I can't even have someone on the fringe because my goal is to never hear anything about my ex again, not because I don't wish them the best, but because if I don't hear about them again in my head, they can be single forever. And I'd rather my ex not date someone for the next 15 years until I'm happily married with children. So I just, I I can't hear any news and I will go yeah. looking. I went looking. I'm pretty good about self-control in this aspect of my life because I, when I start, I don't stop. And I went down a rabbit hole yesterday and unblocked him for a second, looked at everyone he follows. That's like 400 people. Yes. And saw, tried to see if there were any girls I didn't recognize. And, and my the fruits of my labor were just finding one girl's picture that he liked like two days before he broke up. And I was gut punched for a second, but then it was like, yeah. Why am I doing this? Like, why? Yeah. Like, yeah, we are about to break up. <laughs> he was probably thinking about it. I I don't know. It, 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 it's like I'm actively trying to find someone to have a crush on. What I guess I'm trying to say is it's very much a door you want to be very careful with. Well, I feel sorry for you that you are going through a breakup after the following tab was removed from Instagram. I was just thinking about this because the following tab was the most drama thing. It was a feed of what people you follow are doing. So it was like kind of like Facebook in that way where it it had this list of like so-and-so liked this person's picture. This girl liked 10 pictures of engagement rings on Instagram and she's been in a relationship for three years. You find stuff out. And I used to like see people that I was talking to or like dating they liked like three random girls pictures and i was like wow this is what i mean to you wow wow but one time i saw (laughs) the following tab because i follow tiffany trump just because it's important to me to do that and i saw on the following tab that she liked an account called girl boss like girl girl boss memes or something an account called like feminist three feminist meme accounts and the wing this was before the wings downfall but like i was like okay she's clearly trying to connect <laughs> she's trying to do something like she's trying to make contact so that was fun but now they don't have that anymore i guess because it probably ruined so many people's lives <laughs> it ruined marriages <laughs> well I mean, uh, we don't even have time to go over marriage and engagement in Instagram because I do feel like that is now an integral part of it. Like people who don't want to get married want to get married for an Instagram picture. For the post. Which is crazy. And I say that without judgment because I used to fantasize about being proposed to mainly for the Instagram picture. Again, does that make me sound like a sicko? Absolutely, but it's just the truth, and I can't deny that I wanted to have my hand up and be like, ah, <laughs> be like, best period day period ever. Period. Three years later, here we are. Yeah. You know what? Miley and Liam, may that couple rest, had a beautiful 
wedding album on Instagram. That was a that was a you wedding. I yeah, remember. it was really special. It was a home wedding. They ate vegan food, of course, and she was just in a beautiful gown, and it was very it was very comforting. A lot of black and white pictures, film. I was a big fan of that wedding, and I, I actually really did stand that couple, and I'm sad it didn't work out. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Sliding into DMs is something that I really want to experience, and I have I have dipped my toe into it before. And if the guy I had a crush on right now wasn't so cool, I would probably try it with him. Alas, I'm left without the tools. I have to, he's not even active on social media because he's a classy person. And I have to find some old fashioned way of tricking him into a relationship with me. I unfortunately don't know anything about the old fashioned ways. You've slid into celebrities' DMs in the past. Yeah, many times. I've maybe perfected the art of what's the right thing to say which is pretty cut and dry it's just like you have to wait for them to post something that you can respond to by the way speaking as someone who's never had success i've never (laughs) i've never had someone respond and then it like works out but it's really about i think that's also like the hard thing about instagram is like it makes it seem like it almost feels like okay like we're all here in the same thing i would never normally be like oh justin thoreau and i are in the same world obviously we can Wait, have you DM'd Justin? Because I have. Yeah, I, I, I just said I have. I always <laughs> respond. I used to respond to his dog things. See, that was a perfect thing because like the person who did that to me and commented on my dog, it's like a perfect intro because you can be like, oh, I'm just interested in your dog and then like slowly move into I'm also right. interested. I love in, you. Yeah, you have to like wait for something. It's tough because sometimes people don't post the exact right thing. Like people are posting like they're at the Oscars. What am I supposed to respond to that? I have nothing to say to that. I can't relate. 
Who from the Jersey Shore did you reach out to? So Vinny Guadagnino from the Jersey Shore is someone who I did think this is a possibility because I was like, I talked to some people about it. I was like, okay, I work at The Daily Show. He works at Jersey Shore. (laughs) He works at Jersey Shore career, Jersey Shore family vacation on his dating app. So I was like, okay, so this is like clearly easily possible. Like Viacom CBS umbrella. We're both under it. I think I talked to Desi about it once. Desi Lydic, who we're going to have as a guest on this podcast. But I asked her if she could like maybe set something up because she's a correspondent. Are you like super busy? (laughs) I was like, I know you have a family and a small child, but I have something really, really important to talk to you about. It's pressing. So I was waiting for him to post something that I could respond to. And he posted a picture of Italian pastries one day because he's Italian. If you couldn't tell, okay, I know him like other people don't. And so he posted a picture of Italian pastries and I DM'd him those cannolis tongue out emoji. A historic moment in my life. Those cannolis tongue out emoji. I remember like we've been friends for so long and you've told me so much and vice versa. And I remember when you told me that being like, Wow, I'm so glad Devin's opening up to me and saying the most embarrassing thing she's ever done. <laughs> I, like, I feel so trusted right now. I told a lot of people about it. I I, I got kind of shameless when I was single with like, and, and I actually think that's the best way to go about it. A thousand it. Like, percent. It feels good. You have to just ask for what you want and like ask for people to set you up with people. Ask for people like if you meet someone at a party, ask his friends if they can set it up. This is a really important point that I feel like women don't get enough. And and Devin, we were exchanging an article where a woman talks about sort of going after sex after her divorce Mm -hmm. shamelessly because that's how she should. And and about how as women were told constantly, like, let him come to you, like be desirable, you know, don't desire as much. Mm -hmm. And it's so freeing to just think, oh, I'm actually going to go for what I want and decide what the future implications of that are. And, you know, earlier in my life, I was I it was really ingrained in me through society that whoever I was with, I had to want a relationship with them. And that's just not the case. It's actually very few people who I actively wanted a relationship with. And so, yeah, I just think it's so important to really go for it. I think you miss 100% of the DMs you don't send. And oh, so true. If I hadn't made the first move 95% of the time, I would still be a virgin. <laughs> to all the boys I've DM'd before, I am doing this because of feminism. Yeah. Another thing that I think is really interesting about social media is that now it's become a facet of our personalities. So you're not just attracted to someone's looks or their family's inheritance. You're also (laughs) attracted to how they present themselves on social media, whether consciously or unconsciously. Mm -hmm. And even if I'm not attracted to someone because of their social media, I've certainly been unattracted to people for how they post online. Yes. When what I mean by that is if you're posting shirtless selfies, I'm scared of you. And if you are posting pictures of yourself doing a headstand on top of a mountain you've just climbed, you're not going to like me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what newsboy caps. I mean, we could go on. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, everything you just listed, I have dated that person. But that doesn't mean I haven't hated that person as well. But yeah, I also think humble bragging by men on social media for some reason just rubs me the wrong way when women do it i love it when women outright brag it's i love nothing more i'm here for every second of it and i'm like 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 like, like, repost like balloon emoji celebration emoji but if a man (laughs) is so much as posting 5 a.m call time (laughs) (laughs) sorry yeah if a man is so much as posting about a new job that they got it just enrages me (laughs) because i'm like how many women and people of color did you trample over for that (laughs) a few the answer a few so yeah you're gonna say it's it's i gotta say it's hard to put a balloon emoji under that one jake or i have a problem with guys who post motivational quotes so yes the guy who posted 
Let them sleep while you grind. Let them party while you work. The difference will show. Or the guy who posted, if you're absent during my struggle, don't expect to be present during my success. I want to be like, why are you already mad at me? Okay, but we haven't even met. I feel motivated by that. I'm having an involuntarily motivational experience. Okay, I will say that let them sleep while you grind is encouraging and it does help me get my news to the grindstone. I'm I'm rethinking things. This is the power of word on screen. This is the power of my favorite poet anonymous or <laughs> my favorite orator unknown. I'm rethinking things. I I feel like I shouldn't have judged so harshly. Now now I'm thinking why don't I grind while everyone else sleeps? The difference will show. That's a promise. The, the difference will show was really hit me to my core because I hadn't thought about that. But but the difference probably does show. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what we learned today on True Romance is that Instagram posts can change your life. We thought we would laugh at the guys who posted inspirational quotes at us, but little did we know that they would be the ones who had the last laugh as we were forced to grow and evolve and hustle harder. Hashtag hustle harder. Devin, what did you learn today on True Romance? I learned that since you really didn't have much to say on the Thirst Trap conversation, I I had the revelation. I'll say revelation. That, you know, much like the Bible revelations, that's kind of what this felt like, that you should take advantage of this time that you are newly single. And by the way, your mom's a professional photographer, which when I was single, many times I thought to myself that it's so unfair that your mom is a professional photographer because you don't take thirst traps. Whereas I would have been like once a week, like, let's get this done. Come on. We got we got three matches on Hinge moving to text. We got to get this done, Denise. We got to get this done. I know I'm your daughter. Just look away if you have to and just press that flash button and just set that lighting up and look away because I got to do it. So I think you should take advantage of that during this time and really challenge yourself to take at least one thirst trap. If you have done it in the past, I apologize. It didn't come across that way to me. Maybe it was the sundresses, but... I do wear a lot of mid-length sundresses. Okay, I will try by the end of this first season to take one thirst trap. I don't know if I'm comfortable asking my mom to take a picture of me uh, with my ass fat hanging out of a thong, but <laughs> but I can try. She's taken some thirst traps of me. She gave birth to me. True. Oh, no, I I love those pictures of you. They're, they're not as, as um, revealing as other ones, but she did take some good ones. I told her she's taken a lot of nudes in her career just for clients and stuff. And <laughs> she loves taking pictures of my friends. And I said, okay, by the way, you can't ask any of my friends to take off their clothes. And her response was, why not? <laughs> but that innocently. She was like, oh, why? She's and an I was artist. like, mom, because. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to True Romance. We hope all of you send a dm that you regret one day Mm -hmm. and mistakes that you make online last forever and that's what's great about them yep Devin, i love you i love you carol get to thurston catch you next time on true romance
Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.